You are listening to LGR Reviews on the Let's Get Ready Network. On this network, we talk about the movie trivia showdown, the first class league, sports, Star Wars, movies, TV, and more. If you're interested in supporting the network, you can subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash LGR Network. And please leave a rating and a review of this episode. Enjoy the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Matrix. You have now entered The Matrix. This is our review here, a rewatch review on Let's Get Ready Network. And I'm joined by Agent A. How are you? We have been expecting you for this rewatch series. Guys, we are (laughs) doing The Matrix rewatch series for the lead up to Matrix 4, which releases on Christmas. And we are starting out with the first one from 1999, directed by the Wachowski, now sisters, starring Keanu Reeves, Lawrence Fishburne, Carrie Ann Moss, and so much more. Dagan? Yeah, I, I can't pull a hand boat on this one. I got to take these off as we're doing this review. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I don't know how he does it. Like, very it, dark. Are you, he's not Corey. <laughs> he's not Corey Hart. He can't wear, you know, sunglasses, you know. <laughs> get out, get that out of here. Anyway, we love you, Hambone. Yeah, we do. But, we uh, love you, man. Yeah, so so this is a movie that I think uh, a lot of people maybe put on a pedestal. They consider it an all time classic, right? And uh, I think doing these rewatches here, uh, we like to take it back to sort of our the first time that we may have seen this movie, like when it first kind of came out, uh, and, and our first impressions of it back all the way back then. So. Uh, yeah, let's let's kind of start here, uh, Alex. Like, what, what did you think about this movie? Like, did you see it at the theater when it came out, or was it more of like watching on DVD kind of thing? So, I was I was barely born when this movie came out, so I didn't have a lot of experience, so I wasn't able to see it in the theater when it first came out, sadly. Um, but what I can say is that I saw this in um, high school in a film class. And I've heard how touted this film was, how incredible it was, the effects, um, what it did for the industry moving forward. And um, the first time I actually uh, missed out on the third act because of a doctor's appointment. And when I walked back into the class, I saw Neo fly off into the sky. <laughs> oh, wow. So you missed so, a lot. So, yeah, I missed a lot. So uh, eventually got around to actually watching it for the like in its totality, I think actually during the pandemic. And so um, – for, for yeah for like i watched its entirety last year and um i liked it i really liked it there was so much going on and so whenever i heard about them doing this fourth one i was like i gotta ch- i gotta check it out again and i rewatched it and um i fell in love it's it's crazy it's incredible you definitely see the influences and in how um impactful this film um is for uh you know the future of filmmaking and everything um, moving forward, even for today's standards of uh, you know cinematic uh, special effects. Um, so what? So what was your first inclinations or first experience with the Matrix? Yeah. So this movie came out when I was a kid. Uh, I think it was probably about nine when it was released. It's what 1999. Yeah. So um, I think I was a little young to really be exposed to it at that point. Uh, I think my my parents saw it, but uh, weren't like allowing me to watch it yet uh, at <laughs> yeah. that point. Um, 
I'm not sure if they saw it in the theater, if they saw it uh, at, at home on, on video. I think at that point it was probably video cassette. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I didn't get those. Yeah, so I think I saw it for the first time probably when I was in my early teens. Mm-hmm. So like a few years after it came out. And uh, I, I definitely remember thinking it was one of those sort of sci-fi classics. Uh, and obviously having been out for a few years, there was a lot of hype about it already and i think the sequels had even been out by the by the time that i got around to seeing the first one and then hearing all the sort of negative negativity about the the final two uh and everything um but that the first one sort of has this uh, aura about it um being sort of a sci-fi classic and i i definitely think i remember uh thinking that it lived up to to that uh, when I first saw it, uh, it definitely blown away by a lot of sort of the the visual effects and the way that it's sort of edited and shot, pieced together and everything. And the, the Wachowskis do just such a phenomenal job uh, with it here. And, and even like some of the performances, I think, are, are really, uh, they do really stand out. So yeah, I, I, I remember sort of having that uh, first impression when I saw it uh, sort of as, as a kid, uh, at least with, with this first one. Uh, but yeah, that's a, it's an interesting to compare our different perspectives. Somebody like you who's just been uh, exposed to it relatively recently, uh, whereas yeah. me is I, it's, I've sort of had it on my on my list, like my top movies kind of kind of thing, and, and something that I've seen many many times uh, since it since I first saw it, like in the bit you know early to mid two thousands, I guess. Yeah, it's a very it's a very um, inter- it's a very interesting movie to talk about because. It, it kind of aligns to the period of time where, you know, when you grew up. Um, um, for me specifically, I grew up at a time where uh, I was just, I was lavished with uh, monster movies because nothing else you could really access because there wasn't a lot of digital streaming. So I would try to find and watch stuff that had monsters in it. I love the old black and white movies and I love, um, you know, Godzilla and, and all the stuff they show with like Spingoli and you know Spingoli, right? Yeah, um, that that guy, um, and all that kind of stuff. And Star Wars and and Spider Man were like two of the biggest things. And um, you know, this is up my alley. And I I've talked to some people about this movie, um, one in particular recently, and he said he wasn't um, he wasn't as thrilled as like the, the whole like because seeing the new trailer and everything, because he kind of thought it was you know I think this was kind of a product of its time. Um, you could say that in some aspects. Um, we're going to get into our full like realizations or still our feelings on what um, the film means to us now and after watching it recently. Um, so yeah, we're going to get to that. We're going to get into that just in a second. But um, Dagan, if you want to move on to the next topic that we're going to be talking about, sure. Um, what is you know what does the Matrix mean to you personally, and how has it kind of shaped your life? Um, I kind of wanted to throw this to you first because. Yeah, you've, uh, you know, you've had you've had this film in your mind for a while, and um, yeah, yeah, I've had I've had at least over a decade to have this sort of movie uh, to sit with and everything, and, and really the franchise overall. And uh, it, it's interesting because I, I remember being in high school and having a, a sort of a core group of friends that really loved and sort of worshipped this movie, um, yeah. and as as part of that. Um, I think there was a, a pretty strong vitriol towards the, the sequels, um, which I'm sure we'll, we'll get into uh, in, our, in our next couple of reviews that we do here. But um, I think I think at least for the first one, uh, it, it definitely 
resonated with with us as sort of uh, you know I went to sort of an art, a more artsier school uh, with an independent school that only had about a hundred kids overall between uh, wow. grades uh, eight to or uh, seven through twelve. So so really wow. it was very pretty small. And, uh, I I think that like having that creative mind and everything uh, collectively really with a lot of the students. Uh, there was a, a big appreciation for this movie and what it meant for film uh, at the time, because uh, it was a pretty pretty big year for for movies in general. Ninety nine. Yeah. Uh, you had you had this. You had the Phantom Menace for Star Wars prequel. Uh, you had Titanic just a year prior, whatever it was. So uh, it was the, the late nineties was like a golden age, a golden age for film, really. And uh, I think this this movie was certainly a huge part of that. So it uh, really shaped sort of the way that movies were made in, in that like early 2000s. You saw a lot of movies try to copy that sort of slow motion action thing. And, especially uh, the, especially the, the apparel, like yeah. the whole leather suits and everything. Sure, costumes Blade, and design. Blade, like I think yep. that also had some big influence, you know, was very influenced by that. But yeah. Yeah, so it definitely like I remember even being in high school and and uh, along with a lot of those same kids, uh, we're all of course all adults at this point. Uh, but at the time we were kids, uh, there was even certain uh, classes where we would do film study, uh, and and I think that this movie was one that a lot of times we'd look at, sort of compare notes on. Uh, visually, I think really. Uh, stands out as well, and, and uh, the way it's shot, uh, as I sort of gave kudos earlier to the Lukowski siblings for what they're able to do here in, in terms of just, like, there's that iconic shot of, uh, there's a couple, really, but, like, where Neo's dodging the bullets, and they're all sort of going going past him and everything, you see the slow motion, uh, and then there's the, the other scene towards the end where he sort of holds out his hand and all the bullets stop. Uh, really yeah. iconic for the time. Just uh, the cinematography and everything, and I, I can't remember like sort of what the Oscars were like at the time. I don't think this movie really got the recognition that maybe it deserved, but I think at least in terms of visual effects and cinematography, like really just directing, uh, the Wachowskis were able to achieve a lot here. They were, and um, I think, and especially, um, <clears throat> I think with the, vi I mean, for achievements and you know from how its it, its legacy is kind of aspired into uh, future filmmaking and, and films down down the road. Um, this was very um, a high contestant for, you know, visual effects. And of course it won the Oscar for best visual effects of that year. Okay. Yeah. And um, it, it surely made its mark. And I think for me, like for someone that's pretty young walking into this film, that's only that as a person who's only seen it, like at least a couple times, um, this film has, uh, I think, story-wise, has a huge, um, especially like getting a gang together and then, you know, having to do this thing and that thing, but also making it entertaining while also dealing with like heavy subject matter. Not, not heavy subject matter in the sense of like politically or anything, but like the philosophical ideals or the philosophical ideas while also trying to set up a huge world. Um, yeah. And we'll be talking about like you know the future, the the sequels, and eventually. And I think, it, I mean, in hindsight, I can see how hard it would be to just make continue and 
craft the rest of how this world would look um, because it's so ambitious. This first movie is so ambitious, especially for people coming in because of all the ideas it has and all the entertainment value it has. And um, for me, like how I, what does this mean to me? I think this movie has a lot of meaning in terms of how we look at technology. And um, I mean, even today, I think it's very poignant. Um, I watched, I watched a documentary recently. Um, and I think this, I think the fourth one is going to really tackle this is about, I watched this documentary um, for class called the social dilemma. And it talked about how, how controlling um, uh, the internet and the devices and technology really capture and really like almost record every part of your life for how they market things to you and how they um and how they interact with what you're clicking on youtube and everything like that it's it's insane and i recommend it highly it's one of the best documentaries i've ever seen but in regards to that I'm not just talking about how we think of living our own lives by using a phone um we also kind of consider, well, is this world actually real? Is the thing I'm touching right now, is is this computer real? Is Dagan real? Is he, could he be a horse? I don't know. He he could be. He could be a bat. He could be a unicorn. I don't know. I could be a unicorn. Like, could I fly? Maybe. Could I learn Kung Fu? Maybe. maybe. I mean, I, I wish there would, be a, there would be a chip I could put in myself that I could do Bruce Lee moves and shit. But no, I can't. Um, you gotta learn that stuff. That's, that's the point of it. But anyways, um, I just think this movie is just really poignant in how it talks about, you know, just the idea of, is this a simulation? I think that's the biggest point it tries to make. Um, yeah. And, and nowadays, like you've even have seen, you know, read articles and things like that about scientists, some of these like the smartest people on the planet. Uh, posturizing the theory that we could, in fact, be all living in a giant computer simulation. Uh, there's no way to prove it one way or the other because if you try to try to disprove it or prove it one way, uh, the the whoever's programming it doesn't want you to to figure it out, right? So they'll yeah. program it so you can't figure it out. Um, so this idea of like free will, like, do we really have control over our own lives, or is it all just predetermined by some you know, overlords or computer programmers or, you know, hundreds of thousands of years into the future or whatever it might be. And scientifically, like, it's actually a pretty good explanation for a lot of things. And mm -hmm. I think that that theme definitely comes up in this movie of, of, like, you know, being able to make choices for ourselves and that idea of, like, do you take the red pill or do you take the blue pill? Exactly. And, and in reality, there's no way for us to maybe break through if it if it is in fact a giant computer simulation but this movie put forth puts forth this idea that you, you actually could and that somebody like neo is able to it has to make that decision for himself to to break free of the matrix basically uh and you see this happen with other characters that he, he that beats and everything but uh and i guess this kind of kind of gets into some of the plot as well, which we'll, we'll get onto here next. But uh, I, I would like to kind of talk thematically about it a little bit because it yeah. is really wild that like this movie could be a lot more, I mean, it's science fiction, but it could actually be a lot more accurate than we may think. Uh, but we just will, will never know. 
Yeah. Uh, so I it, do want to say, I do want to say, not to cut you off, but I do want to say about, you know, regarding the red and blue pill, and you make a kind of a cool point. I And this is kind of just transpired in my mind. I think what's really interesting is that, you know, when Morpheus offers um, of Neo the pills, he says, you can go here and he, you can go here or here. And he'll, he'll tell you where, where you're going. But he could be lying. He could be saying it's something else. However, you can't have someone that's going to make that judgment for you. And nor is Neo or nor, nor is Morpheus going to tell you which one you should pick. It's all about individually what Neo is going to pick. And I think this right. film also has something to do with like individualism. It has a lot of religious aspects to it. I think that's what they really get into for the second and third film, which I thought was very interesting. Um, and I kind of like that lore. I do really like that lore and what, how, and some of the aspects that it it reaches in the in the in the sequels. Um, yeah. But especially um, when we're talking about the ideas of this whole film, um, we you know got to talk about the plot and the acting and directing. Um, I think I think the directing here and everything they were trying to achieve, I think they did it in 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 just they just did it blissfully. I just think they just did it yeah. incredibly. Um, like with ease, almost. Like yeah. the Wachowski, the are so naturally able to create what they what they did here. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. Like it flows mm -hmm. so well. It it flows really well, and um, I mean, there's movies, there's these big, uh, ambitious films that have all this lore and all this stuff, and sometimes they're just not. And I think that might have been some of the trouble. And I haven't, and personally, I haven't seen. Um, the other films that the Wachowskis have done, like Speed Racer, Cloud Atlas, Jupiter Ascending. But out of all of them, I haven't heard the greatest things about them. And right. to me, from face value, they looked very ambitious and looked very, you know, stellar with a lot of, you know, world building, all this kind of stuff. Um, and I think what they were able to do here, and I think in comparison with the other films, this one puts you actually into the Matrix. And it's interesting to learn, and you'll get into this into the sequels, what is, uh, or what's, you know, this film takes place, you know, what's in the matrix, but, uh, the, the other films, the sequels take, take place like more around like, uh, what's the real world. And I think Zion. that Zion, Zion. Yeah, eventually. Yeah. And I think them trying to balance that here and they didn't really go into the actual real world here. Right. They, 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 they gave you like little snippets. They stand the ship for the most part. Yeah. And um, I like that a lot, you know, and we're talking about acting as well. And I think, you know, Lawrence Fishburne really, uh, really does a good job. It's, it's funny because they all seem very stoic and confident in the way they say things, especially the, especially uh, Trinity and Morpheus, because they know what they're doing. And yet they have their shortcomings where they're like, oh, shoot, it, this screwed up. Oh, um, give me the cell phone here. Let me get in the toll. But, you know, like. That kind of stuff, <clears throat> or even um, Hugo Weaving. Hugo Weaving is fantastic. Yeah. He's he's great. Yeah, what a performance. Yeah, and Keanu, he has look, Keanu. We all know he's he's not he's not the greatest actor. I mean, I love him to death though. He's 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 so entertaining. He's so much fun to watch, especially John Wick. And I think John Wick. I think he's been able to find his bread and butter doing action. I think he's playing action off a lot better than you know his acting talent. And in here, he's doing a little bit of both, but I don't think he's terrible. I, in this, I think he's no. really good. I think he really fits the bill. He's very Keanu 
Uh, mm -hmm. This is a very Keanu performance from Keanu, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, it, it's like you can say the same thing about other actors, you know. Uh, but th this, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I, you know, I, he definitely, he's got that Keanu thing going. Uh, it, it's almost like a little bit of Bill and Ted mixed with, like, his character from, you know, Hardball or something. I don't know. Yeah. Like, it's, it's very, like, just sort of, you know, but that's that's kind of the idea is that he's this sort of generic guy that works at a, you know, processing uh, facility and is just has a <clears> desk <throat> job, you know, and then he's then plucked from that life and put in basically told that he is the future of all civilization and the chosen yep. one. He's just normal this, computer dude. And he and also, yeah. and also to kind of go back a little bit, you know, on the acting as well. You're not looking for Daniel Day Lewis in my life. Right. Movie. You're yeah. not looking for that. But <clears throat> what you'll say is, wow, that's a that's an interesting pull, Alex. Why'd you pull that? Well, I, I don't know. Just, you know, <laughs> just um, yeah, right. <laughs> so I think what's interesting is that he's this very solemn dude that is into the computer stuff, probably is into drugs and whatnot. But it is just, just he's just this dude that's just like, wow, what is this world? Am I really this 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 guy that you're putting on a pedestal that like is gonna go up to here? I mean, we even saw this in like we see this we see this in um, Star Wars. We've seen this in Dune, um, but you know, Dune was like the predecessor for all this, of course, the the chosen yep. one, supposedly. Harry Potter, absolutely, uh -huh. yeah, a lot of those kind of films. And um, you know, I think he plays that really well. He plays this character who's like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know where this is going. Right. He could have been like James McAvoy in Wanted, where he's like, oh shit. What is this? Oh my god! Yes, or or like or like uh, Shia LaBeouf and, and Transformers. They kind of have that kind of same character uh, storyline. Like they go in the same way, but the way they act is all different. And Keanu does it in a way where he's like very quiet and solemn, and I liked it for that. You know? Yeah, I did too. I think it was what it needed to be, and Keanu played that role really well. Interesting that like Will Smith passed up on this movie yeah that's another yeah. interesting little tidbit to do uh i think wild wild west or something horrible oh my god yeah. so what, what a career decision there for him i mean he, he's doing fine for himself so you know uh hey, man. It, look different it happens i mean look sean connery turned down gandalf yeah and he's an absolute legend you know yeah. like great and he did uh league of extraordinary gentlemen right that was his i think the second <laughs> to last movie his actual last movie was an animated film called Sir Billy, which is yeah. really bad. <laughs> but yeah. uh, hey, shout out to Double Toasted for doing a review on that, um, which is hilarious, by the way. But no, I think I think for what it was, for what it's for its time, I think it could have used like more visual effects. And I thought the directing was really solid for the most part. And um, you know, uh, oh, we got to talk about um, what's his name. Um, he was in he was in Mob of the Dead and Call of Duty Black Ops too. Um, the we he played the Weasel, Joey Pants, Joey Pants. Oh yeah, yeah. We got to talk about Joey Pants, uh, Cipher. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about Cipher, dude? Uh, so I'm just trying trying to get the uh, the names right here. So so this is the guy that like betrays them, right? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So he is really good. I I. I it was so obvious that he was like the bad guy. Uh, he was kind of weaselly. Just, no just look at him. Uh, <laughs> but I did really like that scene with him and Hugo Weaving where he's eating the steak. 
And oh, yeah, it's like he, he's obviously sold sold them out, but like he he's like kind of making that analogy that like man, if, if this is this is so real that this is the best that you're gonna get the Matrix, just like kicking back to the Matrix, like this guy is willing to to sort of betray everybody, even if it means the death of of of, of everybody, and uh, for that sort of peace and quiet kind of retirement plan if you would of just living his life out with you know being able to do whatever the hell he wants like sleep with beautiful women eat eat the the, the gourmet meals be the guy with all the money and he's uh, fine he's fine living in the world that is presented to him he's fine yeah. being confined in this space where it's not actually reality because the real world sucks so he has so his character does make a point about the actual real world too which is another theme that we could also bring up I think as we continue talking about this movie, there's so many things in this movie that it, it goes back to the themes. It goes back to the pills, the you know, the characters themselves, Zion itself, yeah. you know, getting plugged yeah, in. Yeah, we could we could almost put that in here because it, it definitely is included with, with this discussion. Uh there we go. Themes there, as well. There we go. <laughs> we brought it back up, guys. What does it mean to us? Well, we're gonna bring that into the themes. There we go. Um, yeah. I don't know if you have you uh, have you ever watched or uh, personally I have never seen Alice in Wonderland. I have never watched any of the any of Alice in Wonderland films or read the books or anything. But there's this whole thing about the rabbit hole and the white rabbit. Yeah, um, that comes maybe, up in this movie a few yeah, times. Maybe you can speak about that and how that kind of reflects the themes of the story. I don't sure. want to put you on the spot if you don't, you know. No, it's it, it's fine. I, I was actually in Alice in Wonderland in the play it, it, oh, wow. very very early on as a kid. So I have I've certainly read the book, and I think I've probably seen the, the Disney animated uh, one. Not not like any of the Burton remakes or anything, but yeah, uh, yeah. It, it's the, this concept of, of Alice who who lives a very sort of normal uh, life, and then gets uh, she falls down the rabbit hole and enters this very sort of uh, mysterious land and comes across the trials and tribulations and everything like that. Uh, and, and, you know, people make comparisons to like taking LSD or, uh, any sort of hallucinogens where you're so you're, you're almost sort of connected to a different plane of existence. DMT. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> being, being able to sort of break out of your comfort, comfort zone and go on an adventure and discover who you truly are, I think is sort of where it's at there at there. But, Morpheus even makes that direct comparison of like, um, are you gonna live out your normal life or do you want to be like Alice and go down the rabbit hole? And he almost like directly quotes it. So, uh, yeah, I definitely like that. That Alice Wonderland has been used many, many times in in literature and and in, in film to sort of harken back to that idea. I think it certainly could be the case here, uh, and I, I really do like that that sort of comparison uh and, and uh, this idea of like yeah not not you're you're not you live about your normal day you do what you do but uh once in a while if you really want to go through some self-discovery you know and, and find out what the real world actually looks like uh to to sort of be like alice and, and go down the rabbit hole in that sense i think and i think what's a i think what it all comes back to like goes all around uh, when it comes to this film in terms of the themes it really all, I, I think, as we keep talking about it, I think it all centers down on choice. All yeah. these characters make choices, whether they're good or bad, 
they individual it's all about the individual making the choice it's about neo deciding whether he wants to figure out if he's the one or if he wants to go back to his regular life being a computer dude while which i think we should segue and talk about a little bit more is the um is the mr smith uh, and yes. the agents and how they want to take away neo from going on this journey going on this rabbit hole into finding who he truly is um and i think that i think all uh, and a lot of this movie is an allegory for you know individualism and yeah you know how you're trying to figure out who you are you know like like if you want to be a firefighter maybe you decided yourself that you wanted to be a firefighter maybe some people helped you along the way and were like hey you should do this or they gave you the upper hand to do it but maybe you find out something sometime later like maybe i want to do this instead you know there is that kind of thing and and i think that this that kind of idea protrudes into our own life and that's i think i internally that really appealed uh that that's what made people really appeal to this movie um yeah instead of just the fighting and everything i think but um yeah if you want to say anything about that and then we can jump into mr smith and all that. Yeah, no, I think you pretty much summed it up. Uh, well, I really wanted to talk about the agents and Mr. Smith as well, because like Hugo Weaving, like what a performance in this movie. He's just so yeah. convincing as the most, the most sinister uh, villain. And, and that sort of, he almost like the, represents the, uh, the computer virus, if you would, that sort of is trying to take over the system, you know. Uh, the Trojans, and, yeah. Yeah, the Trojan horse kind of thing. Uh, and yeah, his, his sort of, um, I love that conversation that he has sort of when he's torturing Morpheus, where he talks about, you know, human beings and that like, we are the only mammal that does what we did. That, it's not even really a, a mammal behavior of like, just we spread to a certain area, uh, and then we multiply. And he we, says we, we're the... We're, you're the cancer of this. Yeah. Right. He says you're the yeah. cancer. And it, it's one of those things where, like, yeah, th this guy is a nasty character, but he does make some good points that, like, human beings are, are almost like an invasive species, if you would. Yeah. And, uh, we're, get, we're getting real deep here now, so bear with me. <laughs> uh, That's why I love it. I love getting deep. Yeah. 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 Well, it's one of those things where it's like, an early example of the villain making like a kind of a good point. You're like, Oh yeah, he's kind of, it, you disagree with his actions, but he's making some interesting points. Like, you know, recently with Thanos, it was like, well, wiping out half the population creates sort of a balance in life. And it's like, Oh, it, I don't like the way he's going about, about this, but he's makes some sense here. And I think one of the things that a lot of people don't really talk about is that this planet is weird, horribly overpopulated right now. I hate to say it, but like, it's just just the the facts, I, you know. I'm I, I, I'm just saying that the way it is not not good or bad, just sort of stating fact. And I, I think that that is a result of us being almost this invasive, like uh, you know, not not even a mammal. We are more like a predator, uh, like this virus that just spreads and multiplies and fights amongst each other ourselves, and uh, you know, colonizes and uses up all the resources and everything. And then we have things like the, the virus, the actual virus, uh, as, as a result of that, and, and wars and destruction and all sorts of horrible things. So, yeah, I think this movie kind of broaches on that subject a little bit too, because, like, 
where we're at in the real world at this point is like the world is it's almost it's pretty pretty post apocalyptic where these machines have sort of taken over and, and wiped out most of what's left of humanity uh, and like looks all barren and everything and very wasteland like. So because because supposedly the real world, let me get this straight. The real world uh, that that exists when they're in the ship and everything in Nebuchadnezzar, um, and 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 um, it takes place uh, like a few thousand years from where they are now in in the Matrix, and machines have ruled the world and they kind of take over humanity. It's kind of like <clears throat> that. It's kind of like kind of like Skynet. I think. Yeah, it is, and the Matrix itself is sort of modeled off of like the late 90s basically but we're we're in the year you know uh 5000 whatever or whatever it is i don't, I don't know exactly so some ig you know movie trivia showdown player i'm sure would have the answer exactly. exactly how many years it is into the future we'll but. probably and we'll get more into that i think as the movies go on because they get more into the world and we don't want to give too much away for right. people that haven't seen the other films but we can give some hints I expect, yeah. you know, the people that are watching this probably have seen all the other Matrix movies, but they're hence um, as we, you know, as I digress. Um, but yeah, I think, yeah, the, the, the Mr. Smith angle and that everything, it, it is about, it is making a message about how, you know, um, humanity kind of just takes over and overrides a lot of things. Yeah. And in a sense, it, Mr. Smith and what his mission is, he is also overriding things too. There is that kind of um, angle you can look at it from there. Um, and it's interesting how his character kind of evolves throughout the other films. Um, I wish they kind of would do something a little bit better with his arc and the way he goes um, and the way he kind of evolves. But that's it is what it is. Um, and there's also a cool trope I like that they did in every single film. Uh, and we'll probably touch that touch on that once we get to the third one. But it involves like how each character interacts with another where where um neo and um you'll you'll understand this as i allude to it as neo and trinity are trying to save morpheus and the other characters are trying to save another character and it kind of repeats but there's something interesting all about that i'll probably get we'll we'll get into it as we go on but um yeah, was there anything that you kind of struck out to you in the, in this category, or do you think we can move on to maybe talking about something else? Yeah, I mean, I think we covered the the Smith thing. Uh, I I did uh, want to quickly point out in terms of performances that I think one character that doesn't maybe get an or one actor that doesn't get enough credit or actress in the sense is Carrie Ann Moss. I think that she does a really great job as oh, yeah, this she does badass ass kicking. Uh, female uh, character, almost the third lead character. You could kind of we didn't get to the action it. scenes. We didn't even talk about the action scenes. Man. Yeah, there's a, yeah. I'm sorry, man. especially that like, even that opening action scene where she's just just oh yeah, it's tearing great. through everybody. It, it's, it's awesome, great. and uh, yeah, I I think that this this movie you could almost consider having three lead characters: Morpheus, Neo, and Trinity. Uh, the Holy Trinity, if you would. Uh, the Holy Trinity. Trinity. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of uh, yeah. It's kind of where it goes. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I really love like the choreography and a lot of these action sequences and the way that they're put together. Uh, and, and yeah, I, Neo and Trinity kicking ass together is, is something that you, you love to see. And uh, Yeah, I, I just think a lot of people maybe don't talk enough about Trinity and, and Carrie Ann Moss. Like, I think it's a really underrated performance. 
in this mm -hmm. movie because people talk about Lawrence Fishburne, Hugo Weaving, and everything. But I think she she brings something really unique and different uh, to the table here in terms of that uh, love interest, if you would, role uh, where she still kicks ass and, and and takes names, but she obviously her her thing that she was told by by the Oracle who. Uh, in this film is sort of the pr the one that tells everybody what their destiny is. There is and, no spoon. Right. That's, a, that's another big uh, thing I kind of wanted to talk about too. Yeah, um, sure. It, yeah. And in terms of like establishing, everybody sort of follows the path that the Oracle sort of gives to them. And for, for Trinity, it's, it's very simple. It's as revealed at the end of this movie to fall in love with the one and it, it, I think, is actually a lot more than that and a little bit more complex than that, at least in this movie. And, uh, you know, Carrie Moss is not, so it, she doesn't, she's not that like traditional uh, sort of love interest kind of thing that we had in a lot of movies of the 90s. Like, she is stunningly beautiful, but like yeah. totally shorter hair and like, you know, almost dresses a little bit more manly, if you would, I guess, if that's a way to put it. But, uh, not that sort of traditional look, I guess, is, is what I would say. But very unique and very beautiful, I think, as a character. So yeah. that's something I wanted to point out. I, I thought, don't think it gets enough credit. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, I think she does a terrific job, especially the action scenes and everything. I would say criticism is about the whole thing about how she falls in love with the one. I think that, um, that idea, um, and I could even say this, I think that probably should have been a little fleshed out more. Yeah, I agree. Unless, you know, unless you have an argument, um, but that will probably be saved for the other films. No, I, I think that she could have maybe used a little bit more, like <clears throat> fall in love with the one and something else. Yeah, you know, but, and I don't know if we why. ever got that something else. The why, right? Yeah, and also, I don't know about you, but did you feel like it was earned, or did you feel like it was just oh, it's just destined? It's just it's just this thing. Oh, it's got to yeah, be this thing's got to get to this thing. It's like the train has to go from A to B. It's not like how the train will get there. It's just train A has to go to train B. Or the, tra the train spot has to go to A to B. Yeah. Definitely did feel that way a little bit. Like, he's a great character, but I don't know if the chemistry, like, I think she has fine chemistry with with uh, Keanu and everything. But yeah. they definitely, I think, could have sowed the seeds a little bit more between the two of them. Like they, they certainly care for each other, but it's like you don't you don't get that they're they're really in love with each other. I think really uh, until the very end, and it's almost kind of like, yeah. Well, yeah, obviously, but they could have maybe done a little bit more there, like maybe given them a couple extra scenes where they bond over something or they have some sort of philosophical discussion uh, that sort of leads to that. But yeah. And the film does have, I mean, the film, it is handcuffed because it, um, in a sense, it, it goes on the storyline where it tries to encapsulate and it tries to, it tries to juggle all these things of having romance, having action, having philosophical ideas, having exploitation, or not exploitation, having exposition and having all these cool things. Um, however, yeah, I could have fleshed out that idea a little bit more, in, in my opinion, in retrospect. Um, but I do think... It, it she she was really badass and i think that's a good caveat because in a lot of films when they try to you know make a female role it kind of it, it's kind of one note or it's just not as respected or it's not as respectable 
and I wish they would do better with that. But for what for what it was, I think it was a product of its time. And yeah, I think they're going to do a really good job. I think they're going to do a better job with uh, what she's going to be able to do for the uh, for the fourth one. Um, Cause I'm really curious about that. And um, we talk about the spoon. We talk about the, mm -hmm. you know, what is the, um, there is no spoon. Um, yeah. And the Oracle and her, yeah. her sort of role. Yeah. So what do you, what do you think about that kind of stuff? Like what, what was, what, what jumps out to you when you think about the Oracle? Yeah. She's, she's a very interesting <clears throat> character because you, you can tell that she's like, um, she's there to sort of guide the characters on their different paths. If you would. And she sort of has this predetermined knowledge of everything. So she sees everything the way that it's supposed to go down, basically the way that it's been programmed in the Matrix, I guess, is how you can look at that. And um, I really will real quick point out that uh, the actress that we get in this movie, uh, which is the, the late, great Gloria Foster, um, was in this one. She's in the next one, but yeah. unfortunately passed away as they were filming uh, two and three. So it's a different mm -hmm. actress for the third film. So um, one of those type of situations that we had, but uh, in terms of like the character itself and this idea of, yeah, like uh, I'm not going to tell you who you are. You kind of have to figure it out for yourself thing, but I'm going to sort of give you hints. Uh, and it, it is really interesting. Cause like, she brings in Neo, and then there's all these other sort of kids with superpowers almost, and they're like prospects of the one. They're like certain certain people in the Matrix that could potentially be the one, uh, but are but are not. And the idea that we don't really know who the one is, that it could be one of a bunch of different people, then uh, of course is revealed to be Neo here at the end of this movie. But the fact that she tells Neo that he's not the one. And then he is the one. It's almost like she had to tell him that he wasn't the one in order for him to find that out for himself, right? Exactly. And uh, I really like that element of it. Uh, <clears throat> it. It's interesting because, and this could, might play into the new one that comes out, is the idea that we've seen this scenario play out like almost on a loop uh, with Morpheus and the one. And you have the one that bring, brings about balance or whatever, whatever it is. But then, some, but then he, he sacrifices himself and, and has to die for the mission. Morpheus is the guy to discover him. Trinity is the, the one to sort of play that love interest role, I guess. But uh, the fact that this seems to happen like repeatedly throughout history. Uh, and I, I would sort of take that as a sign that, probably this new one and we'll obviously play off of what happens to the next two as well, that the events that are occurring in the new one are sort of just a repeat of what we see here uh, in the first three matrix movies. So I, I, that's a really wild idea that this like kind of keeps happening over and over again uh, that she sort of brings up and that her role is to sort of uh, almost be like a narrator or somebody to sort of uh, put everything in its place, I guess. Yeah. So. I really, um, I really like what you said. You said something about how um, <clears throat> he, Neo was trying to figure out if he was the one and asked her, and she said that he wasn't. And later, Neo finds out for himself that he is. And you mentioned the point about how 
he has to try to find out for himself. I think that's also another big point about this. You know, we talk about individualism and talk about the choices that we make. Um, the, the, does Neo choose to believe that he is not actually the one or does he, has he gone far down the rabbit hole to believe, oh, maybe I am because look how weird this freaking place is. And I'm going <laughs> to try to keep going and believe maybe I am this dude. I mean, and that is, again, like this is, um, I think it's the predecessor of a lot of films moving forward. I think you see this in, you know, um, I think Ready Player One kind of has this idea. I think, um, I'm trying to think of some other films, but this idea of like, am I the actual person to do this? Am I not? You know? And I, I yeah. love that. I love that aspect in this film. And I got to mention the, in terms of um, action, one of my favorite scenes is when he's on the rooftop and he's kicking the dudes. He's, he's kicking like it cuts to the guy talking to helicopter and Neo is kicking these two guys with his leg, like, like yeah. <laughs> it's almost like a cartoon. It's yeah. like, and it's just like, oh my god, I love this. For audio listeners, listeners, I just showed my feet. Please do not sell them off Craigslist. I don't, I don't like that. Um, no, not but, much. You kind of just flashed us. Say, thank you, uh, Danny. Please don't edit this, please, uh, or uh, please don't slow it down. That that would be great. Um, anyway, I I love that scene. I love the action in this film. This uh, and especially the the uh the the shot where you know where he's he's uh he's dodging the bullet and it hits his leg and stuff and that's awesome it's 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 great it's great yeah. um and especially what trinity does in the beginning that stuff was awesome um but yeah man i you know the action directing the plot it's all hands down like it's it 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 does what it needs to do man um, yeah it's top other? notch yeah, I think one of the things that I did when I rewatched this movie was I sort of had that question of does it hold up? And I think that, yeah, while while some of the effects definitely look like uh, they came from the late 90s, uh, overall, I think visually uh, it is really stunning and really uh, groundbreaking for its time. And, and you got to keep that in mind. Like there, there's been so much sense that sort of, you know, yeah. uh, redefine cinema, if you would. Uh, I, I, will, I will put Dune out there for, for a recent example. I think that movie is breaking a lot of ground, uh, especially visually and everything. So uh, I, I think this movie certainly holds up in that regard, that uh, if, if you look at it as sort of a defining moment for, for movies, I think it, it, it really does hold up in that sense. And, uh, yeah, overall, I think this, this really is still a classic and a movie that we're going to look back generations from now, even as sort of a, uh, one of those, those movies that stands out, stands the test of time. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. I think it's up there. I think, just think it's like, you know, you talk about the best films of all time or the films that everyone yeah. needs to watch. It's, it's up there. So there were star Wars and Casablanca and all that kind of stuff. And um, I, I thought, I think it would be cool too. After um, giving our rating, I think we could give some like recommendations to films that we find kind of similar to Matrix. That okay, you know, I because I have one off my mind that I kind of want to talk about. That is, it's um, it's one of my actual favorite sci-fi films, and not a lot of people talk about it. And I think it it is very similar to the Matrix. It actually came out a year before, but um, but yeah, the rating. What is your rating, Dagan? Um, and after and, and and giving a little brief summary of like what you thought of it after rewatching it again recently. Yeah, yeah. Well, as I said, I, I haven't seen this movie in, in quite a few years, I think, um, but I have seen it multiple times over the 
course of, of uh, you know, the last 15 years or so. Uh, and, and every time I watch it, I do think I have a, a renewed appreciation for uh, for the, the movie overall and what it did for film and everything. Uh, and really, really does still hold up for me as an all-time classic. So, uh, you know, in terms of movies, you're never going to get a perfect movie. I think it, no. any, even the greatest movie of all time still has a couple things that you could maybe nitpick about it. Yeah. But I think uh, if I were to give it an overall rating out of 10, I think I might have to go 10 out of 10, man. I think this wow. is a near-perfect near movie. I think it's one of those sort of all-time classics and uh it's it's one of my favorite movies of all time uh it, it really is it's it's in terms of like sci-fi uh fantasy for that genre it, it's it's easily in my top uh three i think in terms of like strictly sci-fi uh so i i probably would would uh yeah give it give it that rating and uh it's in terms of your question of like movies that then sort of remind you uh, or that have came remind you of the matrix uh for me is another one that the wachowskis were involved in they didn't direct but uh v for vendetta uh oh, yeah it is one that has a lot of that sort of uh stylized action and uh uh the wachowskis i think produced it uh the, and there they was involved. rumors that they actually directed it I don't right know certain. <laughs> the, um it's kind of like that they were having return yeah, of the jedi were it's kind of like Return of the Jedi. Right. I mean, they were they were creatively involved, like, significantly. So, uh, or even Poltergeist why... from the 80s. There was rumors that yeah. Steven Spielberg directed that. Not, uh, I think it was, was it Tom Hooper? Or is that the guy who did the King's Speech? I don't know. One of those. Yeah. But anyways. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's sort of, for me, that's the first movie that comes to my mind. Uh, but, like, Wanted is another one that you brought up that I think yeah. has a lot of that as well. Uh, those are the two that stick out in my mind. Uh, but uh, yeah, what's your, your sort of your overall uh, final thoughts and rating, and uh, some other movies that you you would put up there for that kind of have that Matrix feel? Yeah, I think this movie really stands um, in of itself. It, it stands as this iconic uh, cinematic, you know, just win. You know, it's it yeah. just a win. Like it, 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 it works almost on every level. The action's great. The story's great. The, the it has themes. I mean, there's movies out there that I really like that have these themes that are so interesting. Yet the film might be a little eh, um, but you know, and it has a lot of things going for it. Um, specifically, I'm kind of talking about Eternals. I really like Eternals, by the way. But you know, I just saw it today, and I set my expectations very low. And uh, thought it, everybody was saying it was horrible, and actually, kind of liked it. It's not horrible. It's I, good. Liked it. I, I liked it. I, it has pro it has a lot it's of. It's not bad. It's not yeah. nearly as bad as people are putting it out. It's got some but flaws, but I, I enjoyed yeah. it. You know, it's got some um, issues, but overall, I thought it was, it was very entertaining. But yeah, but sorry, different show. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, it's all good, man. Um, but no, man. Um, you know, I wish they would flesh out a little bit of Trinity, um, a little bit more. But you know, overall, they got a badass woman in here, man. She's she's doing her thing. They got Keanu in here, who's you know he's doing his Keanuisms. We forgot to talk about whoa. We forgot to talk whoa. about that. When he jumps the <laughs> or uh, there's that great meme where Morpheus is like free your mind. He jumps off the the building, and there's yeah. a clip of a guy jumping from a gas station to it into a trash dumpster, and it's one of the best <laughs> movies of all time. I'll it gets back to Keanu. It says whoa, yeah. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
but yeah, man, um, just something, I mean, some visual effects, I think the visual effects are still great. Um, I think this is like probably, I would give this movie like a 9.5. I'd say five, five in the five out of five rating. Uh, I, I think I probably prefer that because with the 10 out of 10, there's like so many things you can add to it. But I think for five, if, if you're asking five out of five, I think I would give it like a 4.7, 4.8 out of five. Okay. Um, yeah. And films that like remind me or uh, that I kind of want to recommend, um, Beaver Vendetta, dude, that is one of my favorite movies of all time. It's I so love that. Good. I love that movie. So underrated too. When you dude, talk yeah. about like comic book movies, nobody ever brings that one up and it's still like my top five. Yeah. At least. A History of Violence and Road of Perdition are also great comic Oh, movies. yeah. Um, that, that people need to watch more. I mean, uh, funny enough, History of Violence got a got William Hurt a, a an Oscar nomination, or I think even a win, which is insane to me. Um, but no, uh, one movie that I want to recommend to people that have not seen it, and it reminds me a lot of this. It actually came out '98, the year before. This movie called Dark City. It's with it's directed by Alex Proyas, who did uh, uh, The Crow, which came out a couple years prior. And it's with the movies with Keith Sutherland, uh, Rufus Sewell, who was just in that movie Old in the Shyamalan mm-hmm. film. And he was also in that show on Amazon called The Man in the High Castle, which was it, which is really good. It's a, that's an underrated show, man. You got to watch that. Um, I need to catch up on that show anyway. But um, this, I, I can't I'm going to try to see if I can, like, say anything about Dark City because I don't want to say too much because I think it's just one of those films you just got to jump in and watch it. Essentially, it's a guy who wakes up in this place. It's very neo-noirish, and these three people um, are trying to chase him, and he—they're going after him. Oh, Jennifer Connelly's in it, by the way. Yeah, forgot to mention that. The great Jennifer Connelly. Um, but yeah, that—that that was a good recommendation that I had for uh, okay. the Matrix. But um, yeah, man, this was this was a great time. I had fun, I had a lot of fun talking to you, man. And Absolutely. The philosophical themes and the ideas of the Matrix. And um, yeah, we'll be talking about uh, Reloaded, Revolutions, yep. and Animation. Oh boy! And then four, <laughs> yeah. which I gotta get to. You know, um, I'm gonna give a little, I'm, I'm gonna give a little uh, snippet. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't hate, I don't hate Revolutions. You honest. don't? Okay, I don't, right. I don't hate it, but I get it, I get it, dude. I, I yeah, I, I, uh, I'll give a little tease as well. Uh, I am not looking forward to watching Revolutions. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I am definitely looking forward to continuing to do more of these re- reviews with you, Alex. Uh, and so uh, we're planning on uh, definitely doing the the other Matrix movies that are out there. And then probably when uh, the new one comes out, we'll do a review of that as well, like a spoiler Absolutely. review. Yeah. Uh, and um, in terms of uh, other reviews that we're going to be doing, uh, we'll be talking some Spider-Man as well coming up, leading to uh, – no Way Home coming out, so uh, make sure to check that out. Uh, as always, here on the Let's Get Ready Network, we appreciate your support, so make sure to hit that like button and uh, share this video, subscribe to the channel, uh, and we, uh, yeah, as I said, man, we, we love uh, that you guys are, have been checking us out and that we're uh, doing some new stuff here with some some different reviews and trailer reactions and things like that, not just as much strictly down. So, uh, yeah, Alex, I really enjoyed talking with you here today. Yeah, man. Uh, and look forward to doing more of these with you. Absolutely. It's going to be fun, man. I can't wait. Absolutely. For sure. Right. Peace out, so, y'all. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you soon. Mm-hmm.